Welcome to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Chris Levine, and it is my absolute pleasure to keep you company for a while. Of all the podcasts out there, and there are many, thank you for choosing this one. Today, we will be tackling the Hawthorne effect. So let's get to it. Now, the Hawthorne experiments were originally designed by the National Research Council to study the effects if you change the lighting in a workplace. If they they had better lighting, would they work more? If they had worse lighting, would they work less? And they did this at a telephone parts factory in the Hawthorne suburb of Chicago. But check this out. When they did this, researchers were totally confused to learn that the productivity improved not just when the lighting was improved, but also when the lighting was diminished. It didn't matter. Better lighting, they did great. Terrible lighting, they still were extremely productive. The researchers concluded that the workers' productivity was not being affected by the changes in the lighting or improving the working conditions or giving them a better atmosphere but rather by the fact that someone was concerned enough about their working conditions to conduct this experiment in the first place. You see, essentially, knowing they were being watched was a huge factor in their productivity. So the data on the lighting was actually kind of pointless because those being studied were on a completely different page. So then, What is the Hawthorne effect essentially? Well, the Hawthorne effect is when subjects of an experimental study attempt to change or improve their behavior simply because it's being evaluated or studied. Now, what's interesting about the Hawthorne effect is that this puts huge question marks on almost all psychological studies because when we know we are being studied, We may instinctively smile for the camera. You know, we may act differently, either to maybe try to help the study go in the direction we would want it to, or even, you know, just to look cooler. So let's go pop culture here for a second. Now, what jumps out at me is when in so many TV shows and movies, you'll find a classroom full of kids and like clockwork, like a a flip of a switch, they immediately become on their best behavior when the teacher or the principal walks in the room. I mean, that's happened in pop culture from the little rascals down to when the principal would walk in during School of Rock. It's similar. See, when people know they're being watched, a lot of times they straighten up. And people in general do that too, don't they? When they feel they're being noticed, isn't it true that many times it affects their behavior. Uh, Thomas Jefferson was on a similar train of thought when he wrote, whenever you do a thing, act as if all the world were watching. Uh, The website for The Cut 
has an article called The Psychological Explanation for When You Feel Like You're Being Watched. But listen to what it says here. It says a 2013 study found that when we're uncertain about which way a person's eyes are directed, like maybe if their eyes are hidden behind sunglasses, we almost instinctively always falsely assume that they're looking at us, which in turn means that that feeling of being watched may become a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, when you think someone is staring at you from behind, you might turn around suddenly to face them, causing that person to actually look at you or look in your direction. It's also possible that you subconsciously notice that person staring at you before you turned your back and your memory alerted you to that fact several minutes later. But it tells us that this all can actually be a good thing. See, we're sensitive to gaze, researchers believe, because that sensitivity can be a tool for survival. Uh, eye contact uh, can also signal other kinds of connection. The article adds, it says, direct gaze is often a social cue that the other person wants to communicate with us, so it's a signal for an upcoming interaction. It concluded that to varying degrees, we are all victims to what's called superiority illusion. Well, what's that? Well, superiority illusion is thinking of ourselves maybe a little bit better than everybody else. Maybe we're a little more healthy than everybody else, or a little more moral than everybody else, or more observant than everyone else. So we might add that, well, we are always being watched more than everybody else. We could add that to the list too. It ends with this. It doesn't matter if that's actually the case. All that matters is if you believe it. Well, I believe this, and this may be telling of me personally, that there is more than one side to all of us. There is a side of me, for instance, that only my closest friends ever get to see. A lot of people think that I'm really serious all the time. And you know what? I'm okay with that because I'd rather them see that than them see me with my guard down. And you know what? I don't think I'm alone in this. I, I wonder who else may perhaps talk to themselves or sings in their car and then exits it in a parking lot only to become quiet and non-expressive, not to draw attention to themselves. Listen to how psychology today approaches this. It says, it is often quite appropriate that we would display different tendencies in different contexts. If you are exactly the same person in a business meeting that you are with your small children, you are probably failing either to be a good executive or a good parent or both. Something else is that we also have a tendency to relax when we're around those that we trust. Uh, the Mayo Clinic expands on this says good friends are good for your health. Friends can help you celebrate the good times and provide support during the bad times. Friends can prevent loneliness, give you a chance to offer a needed companionship. And not only that, they increase your sense of belonging, your sense of purpose. They boost your happiness, reduce your stress. A, a really good friend, sincere for real friend will improve your self-confidence your self-worth will help you cope if something traumatic happens. So when you have this, you are more likely to be you, to be less guarded, and these close ones see another side of you that maybe nobody else does. 
Now, sometimes this can be viewed as not being honest or hiding something or leading a double life. And that's not my thought here. I'm not talking about people pretending to be someone else for deceptive or manipulative reasons. It's more like this. You might wear something way more comfortable at home than you might put on if you have to go out for a doctor's appointment. It's just that simple. You're not hiding anything. We're just simply many faceted and we have fragmented selves. Uh, let's close in this direction. In addition to the Hawthorne effect showing us that not all studies are going to be accurate, especially if people know that they're being studied, it also teaches us this. If something is a motivator and it doesn't cause us any harm, that's great. Ultimately, whether it was the difference in the lighting or the fact that they knew they were being watched or that somebody cared about them, the end result was the same. People worked harder. Why? Because being noticed is a very effective motivator. To wrap this up, I thought maybe we could take this here. Can you and I be that motivator for someone else? Can we notice the good things that people are doing? It's really easy to notice the bad things or the, where they're not measuring up. But can you see the positives? And then can you take it a step further and tell them? Can you mention it to them? Can you tell them that you notice the good things that they're doing? Can we thank people more verbally? Can we tell people that we're proud of them, especially when they've gone above and beyond the call of duty? You see, input, when sincere, is a great motivator. But you know what else? When you do care enough to recognize efforts and especially enough to comment on them, you benefit too. Your level of appreciation rises, which leads to more positive thinking. And who doesn't want more positive thinking? So everyone wins. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist that, when lip-synced, can keep this topic's party rolling. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast Hawthorne Effect playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Hawthorne Effect. So let's get into it. Ten tracks for you. A lot of them have to do with lighting. Track number one is Light Bulb Sun by Porcupine Tree. Track number two is Fluorescent by Pet Shop Boys. Track number three, Change by The Lightning Seeds. Number four is a song called Living in Darkness by the band Agent Orange. Interestingly, I, I interviewed one of their former drummers. Uh, his name is Dusty Watson, years ago. He told me an awesome story. Uh, if you're a drummer or if you're a fan of drumming, you're going to love this. Dusty told me that in 1966, he was nine years old, and he remembers going somewhere to hear a music, some kind of music venue, and he was standing outside by a stage door entrance. When the door opened, and Gene Krupa came out and said, hey, where's that young drummer at? Krupa reached out his hand to shake Dusty's, and he said it was like the size of a catcher's mitt, that it was 
calloused and his fingers were all bent up and he seemed like he was enormously bigger than life. So Gene Krupa, he took the time, he signed Dusty's drum and they talked about playing every day and studying and learning how to read music. So then Gene Krupa went back to the stage to play and the people that worked there let, let the side door stay open so that Dusty could watch the set from the side of the stage. He said that he didn't really remember much about the performance that night as he was pretty shell-shocked and that the meeting was one of the most inspirational moments of his life. I love that story. Anyway, number four, Living in Darkness by Agent Orange. Number five is Atmosphere by Joy Division. Number six is Lit Up by Lush. Number seven is The Observer by Gary Newman. Number eight is Hawthorne by That Dog. Number nine is In the Light by Led Zeppelin. And number 10 is Dark Shadows and Empty Hallways, this version of the song being done extremely well by a group named, a group named The Mixture. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast-Hawthorne Effect. We once again, I can't get over this, but we once again want to thank new listeners for checking us out. A big hello to Stone Mountain, Georgia, Hampshire, Illinois, Liberty Hill, Texas, Longview, Texas, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and in Anaheim, California, in the United States. And a very, very, very happy hello to our new listeners in Gauteng, South Africa. Welcome to Refresher. You may think this one was kind of short, Chris. Well, I wanted to do something a little different. But see, before we wrap this up, I'd like to share something cool with you. Um, like what the Hawthorne effect attempted to do with lighting, I'd like to set for you right now a new atmosphere and to do this musically. Got a lot of friends that are very, very talented, and I figure why not use this show as a platform for you to check out some of their music. So here is a song called Lock Lairn by a great artist, very heavily in the prog direction. His name is Scott Gillum. Let your atmosphere change if you can. Just relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Everything the 
Once again, that was the song Lock Laren by Scott Gillum. A big thanks to him for allowing us to play his song on this episode. You can check out his work on Bandcamp, Music Page, and n1m.com. You guys are all so amazing. If you could, if you could do me a big favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you'd like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are so inclined, that would be great. But whether you do it or whether you don't do it, it doesn't matter. Enjoy this show. Listen to it. Feel free to enjoy it anytime you want, regardless of a contribution. As always, it is my pleasure to announce that the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive, and the song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Thank you.